Hey everybody, this is Basil, and uh, Gonzi there. I am here, unlike okay, you in good. this episode. Yeah, I just had to check, because um, uh, I've been having some... Uh, there, Skype did an update, and this update was apparently entitled Sabotage Basil Entirely. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> You'll actually hear it on some of the newer Joy Spiracy episodes, but also on this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Uh, I was just having humongous technical issues. Actually, maybe some of the biggest technical issues I've had since being a podcast person. Um, but yeah, so you'll you'll hear a lot of awkwardness. Uh, I'll be like kind of cutting in and out and I'll be trying to talk and Gons will be talking over me or depending on how the edit process goes, that may not happen at all. Um, but I just want to let everybody know this was a, incredibly difficult to work through with the technical issues. You'll notice I don't talk a whole lot, but despite that, an excellent interview with Liz Crokin. She's an independent reporter. She's just got some very, very interesting, uh, A, stories about being in the mainstream media and her career involving that and what that was like and some insight into what the, the machine might be like on the inside. But also, you know, it's just a very, very wonderful uh, person trying to get the truth out there. Um, Trump supporters, you're going to love this one. And uh, I don't know. What else, Guns? All the truth that you would ever need. All the truth. In one episode. That you'll to save ever the children. Need. To save the children, absolutely. It was a very, uh, very good episode. Um, I'm not saying that has anything to do with my absence, but, you know, maybe it helped. <laughs> yeah, maybe, it an maybe it's a new trend, you know? Uh, <laughs> the good episodes are the ones oh, where Oh, you're going to start a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh-oh. Hold on. Oops. Okay. Sorry, I accidentally hit space bar and it stopped recording. Okay. So, more editing for you. So yeah, no, uh, it, that's just me dealing with technical issues. I was pretty much just troubleshooting for the full two hours. But you guys will enjoy this, I guarantee it. Um, and okay, anything else? Just picture, just picture throughout this interview, just picture Basil with, uh, you know, like lab just goggles on and like tearing a... my hair out and sweating <laughs> profusely and trying to look up old versions of Skype on the internet. It was a whole thing. You're, you're welding things. It was just a chaotic situation. <laughs> yeah. And then I somehow defeated gravity during that time, but still couldn't get Skype to work. <laughs> the um, funniest anyways, part will be the moment when I call for you and you're not even on the call. And we don't even it, realize it till later. Yeah, but it'll be all just, edited. Nice. And, I just nice and dropped from the call and was gone for like 45 minutes and nobody even nobody noticed. noticed. <laughs> That's what you got something to say? No, you don't. Okay, we're nope. going to keep going. Moving on. Um, so there you go. Anyways, uh, thank you everybody for supporting the show. And um, we have made a commitment, which we've made a lot of times in the past, but we have a new commitment to uh, working on getting episodes out as often as possible. And this is only due to the generosity of our listeners supporting us through PayPal. If you want to be one of those supporters, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support and pledge any amount of monthly support or just one-time donation. And we are so, so very, very grateful to everybody who does that. And real quick, just mention it here at the top of the show, everybody, make sure to check out Gonz's YouTube channel, Face Like the Sun. It is popping off. And uh, my uh, other podcast, The Joy Spiracy Theory, is uh, back and rolling after a, a short time 
uh, I was out of town. So there you go. Those are some awesome things you guys need to fill your day and your week with. But for now, we're going to check in with Liz Crokin. Here we go. I can tell you that the number one problem in Hollywood was and is and always will be pedophilia. That's the biggest problem for children in this industry. The casting couch even applies to children. Oh yeah. Not in the same way. It's all done under the radar. Nobody talks about pedophilia. It's the big secret. Then it's widespread. Oh yeah. I was surrounded by them when I was 14 years old. Surrounded. Literally. Didn't even know it. It wasn't until I was old enough to realize what they were and what they wanted and what they were about and the types of people that were surrounding me until I went, oh my God, they were everywhere like vultures. Some of them are into satanic rituals and actually torturing children to death. Little infants and toddlers, it's, it's really, really hard to um, digest and accept, but I'm getting high-level information about it from federal law enforcement and the intelligence community. So it's um, there have been over 3,000 arrests already just since January. So we've got a president now that is not okay with children being raped and tortured to death. So thank God. So all, with all these arrests going on, I've been learning more and more about it. And I realized, okay, I'm gonna have to go independent to get around the gatekeepers of the mainstream media who apparently aren't inclined to cover it. Here we have a case where the pedophile, who is a very generous donor to the D Democratic Party, was given a slap on the wrist, and he implicated a number of Democrats, and yet he was pardoned during a Republican administration, uh, and I'm sure that those who pardoned him were also part of the Republican establishment. So you've got, you know, both parties who don't really want to expose what went behind the scenes. You're listening to Canary Cry Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 119. 119. We're only 81 episodes away from our 200th episode. So get ready, everybody. Awesome. In Ezekiel 8, God shows the prophet what the elders of the house of Israel were doing late at night when everyone was sleeping. They were worshiping pagan deities, wild beasts, even worshiping Tammuz, and eventually turning their backs to God. So in essence, the leaders of the house of Israel were holy men of God in public while committing vile abominations behind closed doors at night. And many thousands of years have passed since the days of Ezekiel, but it appears that not a whole lot has changed with the leaders of our churches, our politics, our established institutions, and these pagan practices have a really dark underside that has always been known to those doing the research, but now has really become public with the result of WikiLeaks, the things like spirit cooking, Pizzagate, and the rest. And while the mainstream media reporters failed to address this, even people like Alex Jones of InfoWars sort of brushed off the whole Pizzagate story. The reality is this thing is the thread that leads right to the heart of the satanic cabal and their evil deeds that they carry out right under the noses of everyone in public. So 
we wanted to bring on Liz Crokin. She is an award-winning author. She speaks out against sexual assault, and she's a political junkie. She's a dog mom. She's a patriot. Liz Crokin, thanks for coming on to Canary Cry Radio. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. Um, Liz Crokin, for those of our listeners who haven't, maybe haven't absorbed any of your information, followed you on social media, or gotten a taste of what you've been doing out there, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Tell us uh, what you've been up to. Uh, I've been a journalist for about almost two decades. I started, uh, I got my first. My, one of my first journalism gigs, actually my first journalism gig I, I got when I was still in high school. I interned at the local Fox affiliate in Chicago. Before I graduated from college, I was interning in the White House with the White House Press Corps. And then my first paying journalism job was with the Chicago Tribune City News Service. And I worked as a hard news wire reporter on the south side of Chicago, covering police news. So gang-related shootings, fires, crime, um, politics, dirty politics in Chicago, that kind of stuff. And then I kind of shifted towards more entertainment journalism. I kind of fell into it. And um, to be honest, there was a lot more money to be made in in early 2000 um, in entertainment journalism. And so I started doing investigative journalism for some of the tabloids, such as Us Weekly and Touch Weekly, the National Enquirer, Star Magazine. Um, and I did that for several years, and I covered a lot of um, high-profile celebrities and politicians, and I eventually ended up moving out to L.A. I've been in L.A. for seven years. So I've been in journalism for two decades, and I've, I've covered hard news, entertainment, politics, um, you name it. Um, really long story short, in 2012, um, I got really ill due to the sexual assault that was committed against me and was unable to work. I mean, I got so sick, I almost died. So I was I was unable to work full time for several years. I'm actually just within, within the past year, I've really got into a place where I'm almost healthy enough to work full time again. So, you know, I, I was really bad off for a long time. But I really, during that time, I wrote a book titled Malice, inspired by my experiences um, covering actually the 2012 election and the sexual assault that was committed against me. Um, this is a fiction book, but it's inspired by true events. So I, I, I wrote a book during this time, but about a year ago, um, when the election really started getting heated up, and the fake news started to get really bad. Um, that's when I really got back involved in journalism. And I specifically got back involved in, in, in politics and covering the election. Because as someone who has worked in the media for two decades, worked in D.C., worked in government, um, and worked in entertainment... I could not believe the lies they were spewing about then-candidate Donald Trump. They made me sick. And I felt an obligation as someone that has has a platform and has uh, the wherewithal and the knowledge that 
they're what, about what they're doing. I mean, I knew that they were just blatantly lying about him and like pushing an agenda. And the media has done that for a very long time, but it had never gotten this bad. I mean, to the point where they're just like blatantly lying to the people, lying to the voters, like spewing such hate and vitriol. I mean, it made me so sick. So I got back in, in journalism pretty heavily and I started covering politics for some news sites and my story started going viral and, you know, I did some op-eds and pieces that were kind of op-eds or kind of more opinion fluffy pieces. But then I did some real hardcore investigative journalism. And one story I did was about how Hillary Clinton's campaign was stealing from her poorest donors by um, repeatedly overcharging their bank cards in a massive fraud scheme. And I did that story for The Observer, and that story went viral. Now, no one in the mainstream media touched it, of course, but all the conservative media um, talked about this story, and, and, and they did follow-ups on this story. Um, so after that story went viral is kind of around the time when the Podesta emails came out. And when the Podesta emails came out, that changed my life as someone that's been the victim of a sexual assault and as someone that has worked and done charity work for sex crime victims for five years now, when I read those Podesta emails where it was very clear to me that there's pedophilia going on and sex trafficking going on, that changed my life. And my, my, my focus became very laser and I started almost solely focusing on exposing pedogate and covering sex trafficking. And I've been doing that for a few months now, and it's gotten me a lot of enemies and a, a lot of hardship and a lot of blowback, but it is um, so important and it's something that needs to be talked about and addressed. You know, one of the things that really startled me, and I heard you on SGT report with Sean, but I think our audience, if they didn't hear that interview, I think it would be interesting for them to hear the crime that you uncovered from the Hillary Clinton campaign that you were talking about earlier. Can you give us a little insight on what that crime was? Yeah. So you can, if you Google my name, you can just Google Liz Crokin and the Observer and the story, all my stories will pull up, but the headline was, something along the lines like Hillary Clinton campaign steals from poor donors. Um, what her campaign was doing is that they were systematically overcharging her poorest donors. So you, you had some of her supporters in middle America that maybe could only afford to pay to donate $5 once. Okay. So what the Clinton campaign would do is after they would donate $5 once, they would repeatedly charge their bank card up until $100. So they would be repeatedly charged up until like $99 or like they'd stop at like $97. And the reason, this is part of the reason why you know it's systematic and it's strategic is because the reason why they would stop just below $100 is because after you over fraudulently charge a, a bank card or, or any, or a debit card or any kind of card, um, more than $100, that's when the bank opens a fraud investigation. So they always stop just short of $100. And they did this with literally 
I mean, I had sources within the fraud departments of multiple banks. And we're talking like major, major banks, okay? Bank of America was one of them. And the, Wells Fargo was another one. Um, they told me that they would get up to 100 phone calls a day. And this went on for months. So if That's you do crazy. the math on that, if you do the math on that, let's say you know they got 100 phone calls a day um, from people being fraudulently overcharged repeatedly, uh, 100 phone calls a day times that by three or four banks that that they're that they're working with we're talking millions of dollars that Hillary Clinton's campaign stole from her poorest donors okay and um furthermore when these people would find out that that they were getting overcharged they'd call her campaign and ask for a refund and the campaign wouldn't refund the money the only people that got reimbursed the money were people that were, the bank was the only institution that reimbursed the money. The campaign didn't. And, and, and my sources explained to me that the banks just wrote it off as a loss because for them to try to get the money back from the Clinton campaign would be too complicated and cost them actually would end up costing them more money. So they would just, to them, it was peanuts. They would write it off as a loss. So basically what they were able to do is literally steal millions of dollars from some of her most vulnerable and poor supporters. And if that doesn't really show you the kind of person Hillary Clinton truly is, then I don't know what will. Because if she's willing to steal from the poorest people that are on her side, that are standing behind her, that are supporting her, then there's nothing that this woman won't won't do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that's from Americans, right? I mean, the, the story about Haiti and some of the things um, going on there with, with stealing money, but also with, um, you know, uh, child trafficking and stuff like that. It, it's quite remarkable that there's kind of a joke going around about how the universe is split a little bit. And, and, you know, there's people that are buying into the mainstream media story and then people that don't. And it really has kind of divided people. I, I told a story, um, I guess it was a couple episodes ago or something, where I was at the gym and talking to someone and, and I think we were talking past each other because I think he was talking like, oh yeah, you know, fake news, blah, 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 saying like, you know, talking about the alternative media or whatever as fake news. <laughs> and I was saying, yeah, I can't believe this fake news nonsense with the mainstream media. And I, and I you know, I was saying like, you know, the, the lie basically about the fake news, but <laughs> I, the communication sort of broke down because he was so confused about what I was saying. Yeah. And I think that happens um, more often than not now, but, I, but also it, the thing that really, I think people need to remember and realize, and I've brought this up several times is that in 2012, the NDAA legalized propaganda. They lifted the ban yeah. on a, a really, what is it? Almost a 70 year, uh, Smith and Mund act. And that just opened up the floodgates for these news agencies to just completely lie to the American people. No, you know, not like, oh, leaning this way, leaning that way, but just like outright lies. And I think that's the result of um, or what we saw, what we saw this past year with the election is a result of that law, you know, uh, being lifted. So, uh, you know, people should remember that that's that's partly why they're allowed to just lie, lie, lie and, you know, not have any consequences. Well, not only do they lie, but they are um, they are part of major cover ups and, and corruption. I mean, they like as far as I'm concerned, they're criminal because it's not like they just sit there and like tell lies about Trump that are ridiculous, which they do do every single day. 
but they're covering like high crimes and misdemeanors by some of the most horrendous people in government and in media. Okay, like they are covering for people who are raping, torturing, and trafficking children. They're, they're, they're part of it. I mean, I look at the media and like they are complicit in these crimes against children and humanity. They refuse to cover sex trafficking. They re- refuse to cover the Hollywood and DC pedophilia problem. They refuse to investigate Seth Rich's murder. I mean, like to me, like they are just completely complicit in all of these crimes. Like they're an extension of these crimes. You know, they have become a, a complete and total criminal operation as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Basil, you okay over there? Or are you like, usually you're talking more. Hear me? Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, now there's, now there's there. a really go. go. Am I here now? Oh, yep. no. Okay. Weird. Uh, yeah, that explains a lot of times I've tried to talk in this <laughs> Oh, so weird. Were you on mute or something? Uh, no, you know, I've had a lot of little gremlins in the system recently. So I've um, been trying to fix that, but it's not working out. But uh, you mentioned the Seth Rich murder, and this was a story that was floating around uh, a while ago. And for those who aren't aware of the Seth Rich murder, why, can you give us some details on that or at least give us a starting point? Well, uh, Rich, yeah, it's deep. Seth Rich, I firmly believe, and there's plenty of evidence that proves this, that Seth Rich uh, was the person who leaked the DNC emails. Um, He either leaked the DNC emails, which were the emails that caused Donna Brazil and Debbie Wasserman Schultz to lose their jobs, and or the DNC emails and the Podesta emails. And the Podesta emails are the emails that contain the FBI identified um, pedophile code words. Um, So he was responsible for both leaks, or at least one of them. There's tons of evidence to to support that. There's been people that have investigated his murder and the surrounding investigation who have gotten um, solid evidence confirming that he was in touch with WikiLeaks. We have Julian Assange himself, who has said in a roundabout way, basically, that Seth Rich was a leaker. He can't come right out and say it because that goes against WikiLeaks policy, and that would be a deterrent for potential future leakers. So he can't come right out and say it, but he did an interview last summer where he basically said, I'm really concerned about this DNC worker who was murdered in the street, and I'm going to offer an, an award. And I just want to also say that our leakers go through very big risks to get information to us. So he basically said Seth Rich was a leaker, okay? So fast forward to today, and we have the D.C. mayor, the D.C. police, and the DNC um, all covering up this murder investigation. They have tried to say that it was a robbery. Uh, There's no evidence it was a robbery. Nothing was stolen. I mean, to even suggest it was a robbery is complete insanity and absurd. It's very obvious that it was a it was a targeted hit. It was a targeted hit job. And obviously, if he was the person that was communicating with WikiLeaks and releasing this damning information on the DNC and all their disgusting corruption, that that would be a really big motive to kill him, wouldn't it? So, you know, I believe that someone within the DNC or multiple parties, actually, I believe it was multiple parties within within the DNC were behind his murder. 
And now we have the corrupt D.C. police, the corrupt D.C. mayor, um, all part of the cover up. So I've been doing stories on Seth Rich. I started really investigating his murder a few weeks. Uh, I want to say at least a month ago when a private investigator who was investigating his murder came out and said, you know, there's evidence that he was talking with WikiLeaks and that he was the leaker. So I started looking into it myself and I started making calls to some of his family members, to some of his friends. Um, I called the bar. The last place that he was spotted the night that he died was a bar in D.C. called Loose City Bar. I called the bar. I talked to people at the bar. The police never investigated. The police never investigated this murder. They never went to the bar. They never asked any questions. They never asked for the surveillance video. You know, there have been private investigators that have investigated this murder who have said that the police were told to stand down on this murder investigation. And everything I found through my own investigations has proven that because the police did not investigate this murder. Like police 101, like the like detective 101 work is when someone's murdered, you go to the last place they were seen, you ask questions, you ask who he was with. Yeah, it's like get, CSI, right? I you mean, go through the whole like, thing. This is like the most basic police work and they didn't even do that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's complete and total insanity. So, I mean, not only did they not investigate it, like they didn't even pretend to investigate it. Like they didn't even like, like fake investigate it. Like, it's like, geez, wow, you guys are that sloppy at like covering up a murder that you couldn't even have gone to the bar and like pretended like you were investigating like the murder. You pretended <laughs> like you were interested in this, in this young guy's death. I mean, geez, wow. Like, I mean, and that's why I firmly believe that the truth will come out about Seth Rich because this, uh, there were so many cooks in the kitchen. There were so many people involved in A, his murder, but then at the cover-up. And they're all, like, imploding. I mean, they're all kind of starting to stab each other in the back. They're all saying conflicting things. I mean, it's it's just a joke. It was it was a, it was a messy hit, and the cover-up tactics are even messier. It, it's Look, I've been covering crime for a really long time. Like, my first paid uh, reporter job was with the City News Bureau, like I said earlier. And I covered, you know, murder investigations and that with police all the time. And I've never seen like such complete incompetence with a murderer in my entire life. I mean, it's just laughable. It's like, it's, I, you, I can't even believe it's real life. I feel like I'm living like a Scooby-Doo episode. It's such a joke. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, like, you don't even have to be, I mean, gosh, you don't have to be an investigative journalist or like a for, retired police detective to, to, to understand if you just do some basic research research on what was done with this murder investigation, it's just like glaringly obvious that there was no investigation and that it was a hit and there was a huge, there was a massive cover-up or an, an attempted cover-up, I should say, because I do believe the truth is going to come out. And we are seeing more and more information coming out about Seth Rich's murder. Um, but it's crazy. And, and the media is part of it. The, like, you know, uh, anyone covering the truth about Seth Rich's murder get censored, they get fired, they get threatened, they get intimidated. I mean, it's like we're living in a complete and total police state in the sense that we don't have free press or free speech. We, we live under the guise that we have free press. We live under the guise that we have freedom of speech, but we don't anymore. The mainstream media is completely corrupted. Um, that's why I don't work for the mainstream media anymore. I mean, I'm sh I, I still could probably freelance some BS pieces for them 
you know, if I, if I write fake news and, you know, I'd get promoted and, and, and get a multi-million dollar salary in like two seconds, I'm sure, but <laughs> I, I, I won't do that. But, you know, they, they won't report the truth and they won't report on the truth with Seth Rich and they won't report on sex trafficking, period. Yeah. It's really interesting because um, I have a question about Seth Rich's family or people close to him. What, what have they said about the situation? Well, okay. So Seth Rich's family has obviously been very interested in wanting to get to the bottom of his murder. However, they were hijacked by a DNC spokesperson a few months after Seth's murder. And this DNC spokesperson is now, quote unquote, speaking for the family. Well, this was not a friendly relationship from what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that this spokesperson forced himself on the family, and this is not what the family wanted. But what people have to understand is that the Klan Mafia and the deep state use thug tactics. I mean, these people... These people are most likely the ones responsible for Southbridge's murder. So, you know, the kind of things that they are probably doing in this family to intimidate and scare them behind the scenes, like, who knows? But what I do know is that they did not want this person speaking for them, but they felt scared and intimidated, and they felt like they had no choice but to accept this spokesperson that was thrust on them basically against their will. But I will also say that there are people within the family and in Seth Rich's circle who are furious with the whole situation and they're furious with the DNC and they're furious with the way that the DNC has dealt with this whole situation. There's a lot of the, the major, a lot of major players within the DNC um, have come out and just flat out lied about Seth Rich and the whole situation. Hillary Clinton herself flew to Omaha right after Seth Rich died and claimed that Seth Rich had agreed to go work for her. Well, Seth Rich hated her. Seth Rich absolutely hated Hillary Clinton. He <laughs> tweeted about that. So for anyone to believe that he would go agree to work for someone that he absolutely despised and was trying to expose is asinine. And just the simple fact alone that Hillary Clinton flew to Omaha like shortly after his death and like met with his parents in private, even his parents, you can go back and you can see in some of my reporting. And there's also was a story in the Omaha, one of the local Omaha newspapers about his parents are quoted saying like, wow, we were really surprised Hillary Clinton like took time to meet with us privately. Like it was weird. And it's like, well, why, why? Why do they have this invested interest in, like, you know, getting close with this family all of a sudden, um, yeah. especially the parents of a young kid who despised Hillary Clinton? You know, they started the cover up immediately after he was murdered, immediately after he was murdered. You know, they started planting seeds. They started putting out lies, putting out misinfo, disinfo. And it's not hard to see you know if you just do basic research it's this is not conspiracy theory stuff there is holes everywhere with this murder investigation yeah and unfortunately most people aren't willing to spend 30 seconds watching a video or or you know reading a, a post or, or something like that to just even get a little bit of uh, the truth about some of these situations and 
you, know, you talked about how it's just a crazy sort of <laughs> a world that you don't even feel like is real anymore. And maybe that, you know, your entertainment journalism days um, is helping you now because it's kind of a big mesh of reality and entertainment. And it's, there's no line there anymore. It's just one big giant beast thing that's, that's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's um, one big circus. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it does seem like, you, you know, I, oh, 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 Basil, are you there? through yes you yes, are you... but i'm hearing my super bad echo anytime i talk sorry about that anyways i have a quick question if you could uh hear me if i'm coming through now yes. you know uh, it, it's uh, the landscape has become so befuddled i mean the fact that uh, some people especially people listening to the show feel that they can't trust the mainstream media whatsoever but then we have all the you know, allegations pretty much from the mainstream media about the fake news sites. And certainly there are some pretty <laughs> intense fake news sites. I just spent some time clicking around one tonight that was obviously um, a little over the top on a lot of the stuff. I mean, how in the world are people supposed to parse out uh, what to listen to, what not to listen to without going into full investigations themselves. I mean, it, it seems like we're living in a world now where you know, whether it is mainstream or whether it is an independent source online, there seems to be some pretty, you know, <laughs> some pretty heavy handed reasons why we should be skeptical of almost everything that we take in. Yeah, I, I, I like I would say that I know for a fact that you can't trust the mainstream media at all at this point. I mean, you can't, period. They're all corrupted. Like, 100%. Every single network's been corrupted. Every single newspaper's been corrupted. I know that for a fact. And I know that for the, uh, for a fact because I've worked for so many media outlets, and I have friends that still work for these media outlets. And there might still be really good people working at some of these outlets, okay? Don't get me wrong. But they're not allowed to cover the truth. And if they don't push a certain agenda, or if, or if God forbid they write a story that tells the truth about Seth Rich's murder, they'll get fired, they'll get punished, they'll get threatened, they'll get harassed. I mean, look at Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew had a show on Headline News, and he did a radio interview saying that he was concerned about Hillary Clinton's health. He was fired immediately for that. God yeah. forbid he tells the truth about someone that's trying to get the highest office in the land. Someone that is running for the most powerful position in the country, okay, who has had very clear health problems in a very public manner. I mean, Hillary Clinton can't get a sentence out without hacking up a lung, all right? She freaking had a seizure and, like, passed out on video. And someone in the media who's a doctor isn't allowed to, to question that without getting their balls chopped off it's ridiculous and, <laughs> and like it's true though it's really that bad it, it's it's bad and I, I mean i've had people flat out tell me multiple people tell me i mean and, and and it's not just limited to like cnn and you know like the washington post and stuff like even like sh like more of entertainment shows talk show types like even someone like howard stern has been warned people there have been people from like the higher upper management the owners of these corporations they have even warned like 
people that are entertainers, you can't do this. You can't say this. You can't talk about that. It is literally gotten that bad. I'm telling people you cannot trust anything the mainstream media puts out there. Nothing. Okay. I like, don't even bother with it anymore. Like the only people that you can trust these days, these days are independent journalists and alternative media. And I, I just, you know, my best advice to people that genuinely want and care about the truth is don't trust anyone. Definitely don't trust the MSM. But if you are going to trust someone, go to independent journalists, go to people like me that have been forced out of the mainstream media because I chose to tell the truth. Okay. And, and then don't, and then don't take anything that I or anyone says at face value, you know, like, like, like read one of my stories and then compare it with five other independent journalists and then make your own decision. God gave everyone a brain so they could use it for critical thinking. And, you know, that's what, that's what everyone should be doing, but you can't trust the mainstream media, go to alternative media sources. Um, some people have really good reputations and, and actually I would, the people that the mainstream media are attacking the most, I would trust them the most because we know for a fact that the mainstream media is controlled by the deep state, the CIA and really nefarious um, entities. So if they're going after someone in the independent media, like real badly, then there's a good chance that that person is right over the target. Yeah. I think um, (laughs) it seems like even anywhere from, you know, your celebrity types to little YouTubers like us, um, we've been censored for, you know, speaking out some truth topics and, um, you know, bringing up what the reality of the situation at face value, even not, not, not that we're even speculating on anything or calling something not for what it is. Um, but it, it is really interesting because I think there's that sentiment of siding with a Trump presidency. And I know Liz, you're a Trump supporter mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm kind of a Trump supporter in the sense that I, I think what he's doing with the pedophilia and everything um, if he is truly behind it, then I, I really do think that it's a it's a good thing. And um, I wanted to read something. This is just um, a post I made on Facebook, but it kind of sums up my, my thoughts on it. And I wanted to share it with you and see what you thought about it. Um, as always, I'm cautiously optimistic about Trump. Uh, he's definitely part, and, and you may disagree with this, I think mm-hmm. he's definitely part of the deep state, whether on purpose or by association. Yet, I believe there is an element of his conscience it drives the lockdown of pedophi- uh, pedophiles and sex trafficking rings across the country and the world. You can't blame him for pushing that agenda from within. And the problem uh, with for Trump is that by uh, tugging on that thread, he's pulling literally on you know to the center of the satanic cabal. It's the tool used by the satanic elite to leverage power over the masses. So I think good, but also he's in that club. You know, with the elite, uh, I don't think he would have ever been even allowed to be president without having a little bit of that. So what are your thoughts on Trump in terms of who he is? Uh, I don't think he has anything to do with the deep state. And the reason, I mean, there's tons of reasons why I, I believe that. But one of the main reasons why I believe that is because we've never seen the deep state so aggressively be so panicked and try so hard to elect or to destroy a democratically elected president who has done nothing criminally wrong. I mean, it's complete and total hysteria. Like the the Russian conspiracy theory is complete bogus, total nonsense. We have people on the left and the right, 
we have Republicans too, just in complete and total hysteria over Trump's presidency. So now if he was part of the deep state, then trust me, we would not, this would not be happening. Now, has he um, socialized in elite circles his entire life? Yeah, absolutely. And so have I, you know, I started working in the White House when I was like 20, 21. You know, I've gone to, you know, the Oscars, Sundance, the Cannes Film Festival. I've been in rooms with satanic pedophile celebrities, you know, does that mean I am one? No. Does that mean I'm okay with that? No. Does that mean that these people are my friends by any means? No, absolutely not. Um, but in regards to what you just said, I will agree to you. I, I do agree with you in the respect that I don't think he is a deep state operative by any means. I think he loathes the deep state and I think that he has nothing to do with them. Okay. With that being said though, no matter who you are as a person, if you become president of the United States, the deep state is so powerful that even as president of the United States, your hand, your hands are tied on a lot. Okay. So I believe that there are some things that he had that have, that have happened since he's been elected that even though he's the president of the United States, the deep state is so infiltrated with black hats. You know, I'm talking the CIA, the NSA, the military, the Homeland Security, that there's only so much a president can do, no matter who he is, no matter if he's a puppet like Obama was or someone like Trump. So um, in that sense, like, like, for example, I'll give you a story. Um, my father was a banker for Harris Trust forever. And he like financed tons of companies for decades and was very successful at it. And he did business with a really um, wealthy businessman from Cuba who came to the United States right before the Bay of Pigs invasion. And the night before the Bay of Pigs invasion, he had dinner with President John F. Kennedy. Uh, this was a group dinner. It wasn't like a one-on-one -on -one dinner, but he had dinner with President Kennedy and Kennedy was pulled him, you know, aside and was like, uh, your whole family's here. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, my whole family, except my wife, she hasn't come over here yet. We're working on it, blah, blah, blah. And president Kennedy said, get her on a plane tonight. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, because we're invading Cuba tomorrow. And he's like, well, why, why, why are you guys invading Cuba? And why are you choosing to invade the islands? Cause he, he revealed you know, the, which um, way that they were going to invade the island. And he was like, that's the worst place you can invade Cuba because of all the swamps and whatnot. But anyways, he's like, you know, A, why are you invading Cuba? And like, why would you want to like invade? If you're going to invade the country, like do it the right way. Like don't invade where, the, where it's just all swampland. It's going to hurt your troops. And President Kennedy looked him in the eye and said, I have no control over this. This plan has been in the works by the CIA like long before I was ever elected. And, you know, so that's like, you know, a personal story that my dad has with this businessman, but that is just kind of like, that basically explains like how our government are and our deep state and our presidents operate, you know, presidents come and go for like one, four year terms, or if they're lucky, two terms for eight years. But these people that work in the CIA and like these, um, alphabet agencies, they're there for decades. Mm -hmm. And they're really running the show. 
So, you know, when, when someone like Trump comes in, you're not going to be able to see the kinds of change that you really want to see, at least for a while. And he's still working on getting out these really bad, rogue, deep state operatives out of his administration. I mean, look at all the problems he's had with leakers. And again, if he was part of the deep state, none of this would be happening. This man has been attacked like no president has ever been attacked before in the history of the United States, period. Yeah. Well, that's a true statement. Um, you know, there's always part of me that's skeptical of even that, you know, I'm always going, well, okay, is there, is there a method to this? Is there a reason for this? And, you know, there are good arguments that I've heard people say, well, maybe they're doing this to reestablish some confidence in the the chair of the president, you know, to, or, or also to divide the country, which is also happening at a very right. uh, deep level. Um, but what do you think of, and when you say deep state, and I brought it up, but I, when I say deep state, it's a, I guess I should define it more, more often, actually. I, I define it as not just, you know, a underbelly to the public government, um, but a, a truly web, a network of people that lead right up to some sort of hierarchy to the top where there are true, you know, Satan worshipers and people doing some very, very terrible things. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I said that there is, a, that Trump's part of it, not in the sense, again, I said by on purpose or by association. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it doesn't always mean he's a part of that. But I will say that if, if you ever get into, you know, looking at who's behind nine 11 and mm-hmm. you find out certain things about Mossad and, and that angle of it, I know it's not the most popular angle to take, but you look at that and then you see how uh, friendly Trump is with the nation state of Israel. Does that concern you at all with because, you know, Mossad and the CIA are very much in bed together to do certain things yeah. in the Middle East and things like that. So what's your take on that whole angle of it? I, I just I, yeah, I've, I've heard about it, I've researched it like I, I like I, it doesn't concern me too much. I, I when I look at the people that really are running the world, the people at the top, like the Soros, like the David Rockefellers, like the Rothschilds, they're. Like Trump doesn't really have anything to do with those people and they haven't, they didn't fund his campaign. You know, those people like funded a lot of politicians and a lot of their campaigns. And, 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 and that's why we see politicians answering to these people, you know, like Hillary Clinton has for years or Obama. But we, we don't have to worry about that stuff with Trump because the man's a self-made billionaire. He doesn't need those scum, you know. He did, he never has needed those people because he became extremely rich and successful on his own, and that's another reason why he is such a threat. So, you know, and and I truly believe that Trump is being guided by God, and I believe he's being protected by God. The man has overcome all odds. I mean, I mean, he has like faced the biggest evils in the world. The man has overcome the deep state the corrupt media, the Democrats, he overcame voter fraud, like vicious attacks against him. I mean, just the most horrible attacks, just the most horrible manufactured lies I've ever heard. And he, he thrived. I mean, like when you look at like his rise and like his presidency, there's something that is just beyond our comprehension that has put him in this position. And, and I believe it's God. I believe that he is a good man and the people that were trying to take him down, I, I, I know are the most evil, disgusting people 
in the world. And I truly believe that God had a huge hand in this and God had everything to do with this. You know, I, I believe that Trump truly is a messenger of God, but I understand the cynicism, what am I trying to say? The cynicism, the skepticism, because probably every single president that we've had has been some kind of a deep state operative or puppet. And Trump may be the first person that hasn't been owned and or controlled by the elites in the deep state. So I understand why people, you know, are skeptical of Trump because, you know, there's been so many candidates that we thought were authentic and were the real deal. And we're going to make good on their campaign promises and they get in office and they just pull 180 and they do whatever the person pulling their strings wants them to do. So I understand that. What do you think is the biggest, uh, I don't know. For the, oops, for those who are not totally sold on Trump. I mean, even for those who are listeners of this show, who are you know more or less awake to what's going on and have are clued in and 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 uh, you know to stay away for the most part from the mainstream media and and really sift through the alternative or the uh, independent reports on things, you know, and maybe still aren't sold on Trump. I mean, there are some things still that are, uh, I don't know, maybe undesirable that are uh, even some of the most basic things, just some of the stuff he says or some of the, the actions he's taking, or maybe we don't really you know, it, maybe some listeners aren't fully sold on the healthcare bill or the blah, 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 or the something or other, you know, I mean, there's, there really is a large contingent of people who still hold out, you know, obviously, definitely not Hillary supporters, but are maybe not completely sold on Trump. I mean, you got to admit, at least from what is, uh, broadcasted whether on the mainstream media or on YouTube or or wherever I mean he he definitely is I don't know can seem uh, this may not be the right word but unpresidential in some cases I mean he, he certainly says some things on camera that give people pause and make some twists and some turns as far as legislation that uh, may or may not turn out to be for the best. Well, you know, anyone that's skeptical about Trump, this is what I have to say about them, and including people that didn't vote for him and voted for Hillary Clinton. If you can't get behind President Trump's fight to save children from satanic pedophiles, then you are part of the problem. If there's anything that you can support this president on, and if it's only one thing, it should be his fight to take down pedophiles who are ritualistically raping and torturing children. And if you can't, then you're disgusting and you're part of the problem and shut up and get out of the way because there's For people those... like me and there's people like Trump that Trump are fighting, are fighting every, single day every single day to stop the sex trafficking problem, which by the way is the number one biggest problem that we have not only in this country, but in the world. And he's For the those, first president that's gone, that's after, gone this. after this. Those who may not 
have been following the the actions that he's taking against these atrocities. Um, can you kind of give a rundown on on the things that he's done to fight the problem? Um, so, no one in the mainstream media is covering this, and they, they refuse to cover sex trafficking even though Trump talks about sex trafficking and he even talks about how the media refuses to talk about sex trafficking. But President Trump has ordered that law enforcement go after sex trafficking extremely hard. He's ordered his police. Um, he's ordered ICE. Um, and he's working with uh, Attorney General Jeffrey Sessions to really break up the sex trafficking ring include the pedophile rings that operate out of D.C. and L.A. Um, since he's been sworn in as president, we have seen a dramatic increase in pedophile arrests. I mean, like astronomical numbers since he's been sworn in as president. There was one ring that got busted in California right after he was sworn into office um, of about 500 pedophiles that were arrested in just one sting. I mean, think about that one sting just in California. And there was 500 pedophiles arrested and there was like 30 children that were being held captive that were saved. That's, that was just one ring. Um, he, there's been probably, I, I need to get the numbers, but there's probably been, we're probably looking close to about 10,000 pedophiles that have been arrested since he's been sworn in as president. Now, he had a listening session about sex trafficking at the White House. He invited the media. No one covered it. He gave a whole like speech about it. And Ivanka Trump held a meeting in the White House about human trafficking. President Trump has tweeted about sex trafficking. Ivanka's tweeted about it. Um, a lot of members of Congress have tweeted about it. They've talked about it. They've made videos about it. No one will cover it. And anyone that attempts to talk about sex trafficking and expose elite pedophile rings um, gets attacked or they get shot. Congressman Scalise was shot in the leg the other day. And guess what? He was one of the biggest member. He was one of the members of Congress that was getting the loudest about human trafficking. He had just released a video talking about what they were doing in Congress to end human trafficking. And it's no coincidence that he was shot. No coincidence. Yeah, yeah, it really is sort of the, as I said earlier, the thread that runs through the, you know, the just a lot of politicians. I'm sure if this thing all unravels, we're going to see a lot of politicians, a lot of entertainment uh, people, um, maybe a more sports people. We've seen hints of it. Um, we know the problem within the Vatican. Uh, that's been public for many years. Um, do you think... Man, because even even with like the Catholic Church, right, or, or the Vatican specifically, I mean, they've been pretty pretty exposed, and they're you know they're kind of the butt of the joke kind of for a while or whatever. But it still kind of seems to continue, and nothing really seems to change. Yeah, um, I think that that's going to change, and I think that's going to change all because of President Trump. Trump's known about these pedophile rings for a very long time. He's been very vocal about the pedophile problem for, for literally years. He's tweeted about it. He's talked about it for years. And this is a man that loves children. He loves children. He's not okay with what's going on. And he knows about it. Make no mistake. He knows about the Podesta emails. He knows that they were making references to pedophilia and child sex trafficking. President Trump's very smart. and He knows exactly what's going on. 
Okay. They they have a plan in place to take these monsters down and they're not going to stop in the middle. They're going to keep going till they get to the head of the snake. And that is the, one of the biggest reasons why I have supported this man since day one, I knew that he would go after these pedophile monsters and this should not be a partisan issue. I don't care. Like, if you're a member of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, or if you don't affiliate with any party whatsoever, if you care about children, get behind his efforts to save him, to save them. You know, you don't have to like Trump, but pray that he will have protection as he tries to save children from pedophiles. I mean, yeah. this 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 should be something that everybody should be able to get behind President Trump on. And let me tell you something, when the the truth finally comes out out, and we finally know the truth of how bad this, I mean, I know because this is all I do and this is all I research, but when the masses find out how bad this problem is and how many people are involved and how many people that in, in public life that we thought were good people, you know, in the media or people who have run for office or people in positions of great power, when people find out the truth about who has been behind this sex trafficking and who's been raping and torturing kids, they're going to be shocked and they're going to feel really bad and really stupid about the petty reasons they've chosen to hate President Trump. Once they find out what he's doing to end the sex trafficking, to save these poor children from these pedophile monsters, they're going to feel really stupid. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for a lot of people to process and to think that there's people that they supported, that there's people that they voted for, and that there's people that maybe they watch on TV every night that they really like, but behind closed doors, these people are literally having sex with toddlers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Amanda Amanda Bynes, I think was her name. She was said some, uh, came out a few years ago and talked about her father um, abusing her and she just actually came back into the limelight a few days ago. Um, I think the director of a, a Nickelodeon show called iCarly was, mm-hmm. uh, was, was, I don't know if he was convicted or not, but there's evidence, not just, um, with stuff he said or stuff he's been caught saying, but also, you know, some of the things he even showed on the show in, in relationship to some of uh, the things he was into. It, it's very bizarre. You go down those rabbit trails and it's like, wow, it is just in your face. All these shows, your kids watch and all this stuff. Um, and I will say this, I don't, I won't speak for Basil, but for myself, part of the reason why I did vote for Trump was because of, uh, it wasn't specifically the sex trafficking, although I knew about that, um, mm-hmm. but it was also the abortion issue in this country and living in California, it felt like I was, um, you know, throwing a, a penny in a, a giant lake or something. It doesn't really matter uh, the, the votes, um, especially in California. I think if it wasn't manipulated, then it doesn't matter because most people, uh, just, uh, you know, swallow all the info that they're given from the mainstream media out here anyway. Um, but I I will say this, um, again, there's a part of me that's always, and I'm, I'm rooting for Trump in that regard. I I really think he, uh, is, is doing good in that regard and to have someone in leadership that is going after that problem. I'm sure there have been maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but there's maybe have been good people in high places of power in, institutions and governments that saw that problem and said, you know what, not for me because I don't want to compromise my position or my life or whatever it is. Um, so I'm sure many people have had the opportunity just, you know, they just turned a blind eye, which again, they, they become part of the problem in that process. Um, but the reason why I, I, there's, there's still a part of me that's like, you know what, they're allowing him to do this. They being, you know, the highest echelons of uh, the elite there. 
Um, and one of one of the really interesting indicators to me is I don't know if you've seen the Economist cover mm-hmm. of um, of the, the uh, for Trump Planet, and it has eight uh, tarot cards on there. And we know the Economist is uh, Rothschild owned. Yeah, and um, they have Trump sitting on the Earth globe on the Judgment card, and I find that really interesting. And and if you kind of you know I'm breaking it down in my head and I'm going way too deep in the rabbit trail, but I suspected that perhaps these eight tarot cards are the eight years of his presidency. And the second card uh, in the sequence is the one where he's sitting on the earth and he's, you know, he's it's, I think it's the judgment card. So I'm thinking, Hmm, that's interesting. And I even had that thought early on right after he was, he became president and we heard immediately that, you know, pedophile rings were going down. And the question I had then was, okay, that's great. That's really good because I heard the same thing that he's ordering, you know, all these police uh, uh-huh. units to start going after him. But why aren't we seeing anything done with Podesta? Why aren't we seeing, you know, and so I guess a lot of people in the community were like, okay, great. You're going after the pedophiles, but what about these the big fish, you know? And I guess it's got to lead up to that a little bit. It can't, it can't happen in, uh, you know, one. Well, swing. did you hear the news today that the, that the Senate is going to Podesta's testifying next week in front of a Senate committee hearing. Oh my gosh! No, I didn't hear that. So no, we're, he's trust me. Trump is on it. They are getting to the top. Podesta is under the gun as we speak. He's testifying next week. That broke today. Um, and now, unfortunately, this is going to be a closed hearing. How convenient for Podesta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but let me tell you, there are people in there that will that I, I there's there's been mixed reports. CNN was the one of the first to break it, I think. So that within itself is shady and not to be trusted. But he is testifying next week or he's going to be interviewed. Um, So let me tell you, like, this is real. This is happening. Like, Podesta's under the gun. Um, The media is probably going to spin it that this has to do with Russia. They're going to lie. They're going to try to make it seem like, you know, Trump's the one that should be nervous, not Podesta, blah, blah, blah. But make no mistake, uh, John Podesta is going to have to testify next week, and he is going down. He is going down. They are taking him down. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, as much as I support President Trump, like, I still firmly believe in holding him accountable. And I think that what everyone can do is continue to tweet people like him, um, Jeff Sessions, um, you can tweet ICE, you can call the congressmen that are talking about sex trafficking and talking about bringing down the rings. You know, we can, we all have a responsibility to hold them accountable. And if they don't go after these big fish, then we need to raise hell. You know, we need to raise hell. Like the public needs to demand answers, you know, on, on Seth Rich, on the sex trafficking and everything. So, you know, as much as, you know, I do support President Trump. I also believe in um, being skeptical is, is 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 healthy, and you also have to hold him and all elected officials accountable. Um, because I have heard, you know, some rumors that the deep state was going to let him go after a few sacrificial lambs like Podesta and Hillary Clinton. And it's like no. No, all of these elite pedophiles that are raping, torturing children need to be thrown in jail. Okay, not just one, not two, to appease people like you and I. No, it has to, all of them have to fall. They all have to go down. We cannot, as a society, as a civilized society, as human beings, um, sit back and be okay 
with the most vulnerable people on the planet, babies and toddlers being raped and tortured. Like that's totally yeah. unacceptable. And we have to make sure that, that our leaders, that President Trump, that Jeffrey Sessions, that they do indeed go after all all of this these scumbags, and they don't stop close to the stop to the top. That they get the entire head of the snake, because if you don't get the head of the snake, then the problem will will never end. Yeah, it will never end. Yeah, I, I tend to think that it's a deeper problem than systematic. Uh, it's, I think it's a spiritual problem ultimately. And um, I think there's an element of, you know, even if we get rid of it, it it's going to kind of creep its way back in. That's kind of how I think of it uh, until uh, the return of Jesus and things are settled. Um, I, here's a question for you, because I got, uh, you know, some oh. real quick. So okay. there is something going on with my stuff. It's it's interesting. I'm, I, I know that's not new, but, you know, in <laughs> regards to the pedophilia stuff, you know, it. it <sighs> Here's the thing. Anybody listening, whether they support Trump or they don't support Trump, obviously everybody wants to see the every single pedophile from the smallest to the largest and everybody in between, you know, get get what's coming to them. That's that's an obvious, uh, you know, desire for any decent human being of which I like to think most of our listeners are. Um uh, my question to you, someone who is is very firmly a Trump supporter, if only Gon, Gons was as strong in his <laughs> Trump support as you were, then I could ask him these questions. Um, but, you know, are, are there places where you see Trump maybe not living up to expectations? I know that's been a conversation going back and forth and, you know, a lot of stuff with healthcare and, uh, you know, all, kind of these big promises that were made during the campaign. And look, uh, just to let you know, I, I have very little skin in yeah. this Trump game. Um, but just for those who are listening, who may not be fully on the Trump train, maybe they have some skepticism, kind of like Gons has mentioned regarding the deep state. And maybe, you know, uh, how does he even win an election if the deep state doesn't want him to? Uh, like, how is that even possible? And where, if you could play devil's advocate to your own um, Trump support, where could you see him doing wrong? Well, I'll tell you where wrong bombing syria that really pissed me off i was not happy about that um assad didn't gas his own people that was a lie constructed by the the mainstream media it's a complete total lie and president trump knew it but that's an example of where his hands were tied with the deep state he right. had no control over that so you know he appeased the deep state by bombing syria and and you know that that was a deep state ruse because his bombing of Syria, no one in the mainstream media, that's the only thing in the mainstream media that he's never been criticized for. Think about it. The guy yeah. eats two scoops of ice cream for dessert and it's the end of the world, but he bombs Syria and CNN's like praising him. Like they're, yeah, they're, I remember that. That was a really weird day. <laughs> All uh, of a sudden yeah. everybody was like, oh, he's, you know, actually so, doing something. So, but, but that was him being part of the deep state state that was him doing the best he could to operate the most effectively with the deep state knowing that he has to coexist with these people okay he appeased them he bombed somewhere that he knew there wouldn't be i don't even know if there were any casualties if there were there it was like 
I think less than five people. Um, but that was, I mean, that was the whole Assad gassing his own people was a lie. It was a complete and total lie. Um, but I truly believe Trump's hands were tied. He had no choice but to throw the deep state a bone to move forward with his other plans. So that's, you know, an example of something he did that I was not okay with. But at the same point in time, you know, his hands are tied. I mean, he's working with a really bad, nefarious entity. And, and I don't want to say that everyone, you know, in the deep state's bad because they're not. But let me tell you, it's been badly infiltrated by a lot of really bad people. Okay. Yeah. Really bad people. And they haven't been weeded out yet and he's working on it. But until that happens, he doesn't have the power that the American people and the average person thinks that he has. So he has to appease these people now and then. And bombing Syria was his way to appease them. And you know that, you know, the deep state was happy about that because no one criticized him in the mainstream media. Yeah. It's the only, it's the only thing they've ever like not criticized him on. I mean, they freaking criticize the way he walks downstairs, but they don't yeah. <laughs> criticize him bombing Syria. Like if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. If yeah. that's not a clue that the deep state is completely, you know, controlling the mainstream media, you know, then I, I, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, um, the, the interesting developments since the election that I've seen is, you know, this rise of the alt-right and all this stuff. And, you know, Alex Jones being a, a very loud voice in that. And really early on, and this ties into the pedophilia question, uh, early on, um, Alex Jones was very adamant that Trump is going to release um, all the forbidden technology that the deep state and the elite have. Uh, he's going to start, you know, we're going to cure cancer. We're going to uh, you know, do mm -hmm. all these great things. He he went as far as to say, we're going to fulfill the new Atlantis. We're going to do this thing, which really took me back. And I'm not, a, you know, a huge Alex Jones <laughs> guy, but it was like, wait a minute. The new Atlantis was Sir Francis Bacon's dream of this new civilization or, you know, re resurrecting this old civilization of Atlantis, um, which is the new world order plan that that is their plan. So yeah. why is Alex Jones suddenly saying that Trump's going to release all this tech and we're going to build this utopia? That, uh, you know, he he does that. Oh, they're going to have statues of Trump on Mars and all this stuff. And, <laughs> uh, let me let me tie this into the pedophilia thing. How much and and I, as this becomes more public, how much are we willing to give up our privacy to protect the children? And I ask this because a couple things. One, the technologies are moving to this, you know, open ledger, decentralized, all this stuff, the cryptocurrencies and whatnot. The, the idea is everything is public. There's a public ledger, any transaction, everything else, it's publicly recorded so everyone can check it out. In connection to that, we have, uh, we, Basil and I reported on this earlier on Canary Cry News Talk, but, you know, there's this uh, move of um, Microsoft and Accenture uh, to do this thing called ID2020, which is part of the United Nations 2030 Sustainable Development Agenda, which they want to identify, quote unquote, identify everybody in the world and Microsoft and Accenture saying we, we want to have the one billion people who are, you know, not part of the system to register and become, you know, part of the system. Um, 
And do you see both sides of it where it's like on one side, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, good. We're part of it. You're identifiable. Like if you ever go missing or something, it's like, all right, you know, we can find you. (laughs) However they do that, whether your phone or eventually I'm sure they want to just tip us. But uh, up until that point, as as far as identity, um, you know, you're in the system. You're not just, you know, someone who didn't get a social security thing. And so you can't get a job at, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, good thing on that, that side of things, but you can see how having everybody on this system digitally or whatever is also pretty totalitarian and pretty terrifying in that regard. How much compromise, I guess, of this sort of privacy, um, are you willing to do, you know, along with this uh, potential technologies that can come out to help slow down and prevent pedophilia, but in exchange, you might have to you know, be a part of this large digital thing. How do you see, I know it's kind of a weird question, but how do you see kind of where you can steer yourself through some of that? Well, I, I'm not okay with like giving up our rights and our privacy because I've seen how the government takes advantage of that and abuses it. And if anything, they will use that to traffic more children. Okay. So that doesn't, that shouldn't happen because it would just hurt for the cause, I believe. And, um, um, you know, what needs to happen in terms of pedophilia, I don't think that the government should be allowed to spy on us. I mean, what the NSA does and the CIA does is ridiculous. Like they're 100% listening to this conversation right now, like no doubt that should not happen. That should be illegal. Um, but with that being said, you know, what people need to understand with the sex trafficking, the pedophilia is that our government has gotten so corrupted that literally the deep state has put people in power that are willing to protect pedophiles, rape children, and traffic children, okay? So we don't need to give up our privacy to save children from sex trafficking. What we need to do is to get the pedophiles out of position of power, and we need good people to come into positions of power that are willing to go after these pedophiles. Because as of right now, we have people that are police officers, we have judges, we have politicians who are literally put in positions of power to protect the pedophiles. And a lot of these people are pedophiles themselves, okay? So we don't need to give up our privacy rights to save these children. We need to get the pedophiles thrown in jail. We need to get the pedophiles out of positions of power. Um, part of the reason why I'm so passionate about sex trafficking is because I was a sex crime victim and I've been through the system and I saw how police often don't do jack for sex crime victims. You know, they are more likely to arrest sure. someone for, you know, public and urinating in public than they are to arrest sure. someone for sexually abusing a child. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. And I saw with my own eyes how authority members are put in positions to protect sex crime victims and children. I I witnessed my own eyes. These people turn their back on victims. These people mock the victims. These people laugh at the victims. It's insanity. I mean, and like, you know, unfortunately, I had to go through a really hellish personal experience with a sex crime myself to understand how bad this problem was. But I believe God had me go through this 
so I could bring exposure and light to this problem. But I am telling you, it is so bad that the people in positions of power are the pedophiles. Now, of course, not all of them, but I am telling you, it's not a coincidence that Anthony Weiner was put in a position of power and he's a pedophile. It's not a coincidence that Bill Clinton was president of the United States and he's a rapist. It's not a coincidence that Hillary Clinton was running for president, was a senator and secretary of state, and she's involved in organizations, including her own, the Clinton Foundation, that's trafficking children. It's not an accident that Laura Silsby, who was convicted of kidnapping 33 children from Haiti, was bailed out by none other Bill Clinton himself. Why is Bill Clinton getting a woman that's trying to sex traffic children out of jail? She was con- she was convicted, by the way. She wasn't just charged. She was convicted. Okay? These are coincidences. It- it's not just that every single person that ch- chooses to run for office or becomes a prominent judge just happens to be a pedophile. These people are targeted. They're propped up. It's th- This has been going on for decades. That is. Why do you it- think that it is that the pedophiles are being propped up why why is it that it's part of the power structure i mean we've we've heard that kind of it entangling people in pedophile uh uh, you know, either ceremonies or parties or whatever is a way of control. But is there is there something else involved in this? Well, it, it, there is, and it's it's called Satanism. The people that run the world, in terms of have the most money, the richest people in the world, um, in the banking systems and stuff, the the elites at the top, they're Satanists. And you know, there's tons of information on this on the internet, on YouTube. But these people are they're flat out occultists, they're Satanists. The Luciferians, whatever you want to call them, and they believe that sacrificing children, raping children, and drinking blood and cannibalism gives them power. Okay, you can you know um, do research on the Rothschilds family, and they've been having their creepy occult dinner parties where they have dead babies as centerpieces at their parties, and this has been going on for decades. You know, I live in Hollywood and they have cannibalism themed dinners. I mean, the Podesta emails, we learn that John Podesta goes to spirit cooking dinners run by a Satanist who serves blood mixed with semen mixed with breast milk and does occult rituals. These people are flat out Satanists. So it, you know, the, the Satanists have the most money in the world because they're diabolical. They'll do anything to obtain money and power. And they believe that the drinking the blood and raping kids and the cannibalism gives them power. And it's part of their satanic occult rituals. And so what they do is, is they want to put other people in positions of power that will protect them. So they, they, they seek out people like Anthony Weiner and Bill Clinton and they fund their campaigns. They give them money. Like, look at what happened in Georgia the other night. The Ossoff guy, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, all of his funding, none of his funding came from his state. Like I didn't even really pay too close attention to that, um, that race, but I do remember reading that none of the funding came from his home state. Well, yeah, no kidding. It came from, like elite satanic pedophiles, like I guarantee it. 
it's not a coincidence that, that all these people that get all this money, um, the people that are propping them up are like satanic elite pedophiles and they're propping up other um, perverts and pedophiles because they know that those people will protect them and push their agenda. And, and, you know, some of these people that they prop up aren't necessarily pedophiles, but they're bad, corrupt people. And some of them have been brownstones. So what they do is they set these people up in compromising positions. For example, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton's best friend is Jeffrey Epstein. He's the pedophile that owns a private Island where he traffics children and he's been convicted of raping children. So again, this is not conspiracy theory. This is a fact. People can research it themselves and find the court documents. But what these elitists do is they will set up other people in positions of power um, in positions where it looks like they're raping kids and they'll drug them. They'll put them in a room with a kid. They'll videotape them and take pictures. And even if they're not a pedophile, they'll make it look like you're a pedophile. And if that politician who was set up doesn't um, do what they say or what they ask them to do, then they'll blackmail them. And they'll say, all right, well, we'll, we'll release these tapes uh, that make it look like you're, you know, a pedophile and your career and your life will be over. So and that and that's why you have a lot of politicians doing 180s sometimes. You know, when you have a politician like acting completely different in office than they than they did on the campaign trail well, be very suspicious of that because usually that's there's something else going on and there's a gun to their head. They're blackmailed. But this is this stuff goes on and this has been happening for a very long time. And this is a very um, complex and strategic operation. But it's not a coincidence that all these pedophiles have been put in positions of power. I mean, look at Dennis Haster, man sitting yeah. in jail. He was raping little boys. He was the third most powerful person in the country at one point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it reminds me of a Bible verse. We've talked about it before, but it's, it's in Matthew four. And, um, it's when the devil, uh, offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, if he would just worship the devil. And Jesus was like, Nope, not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's interesting that that offer would exist. Right. And I, I feel like a lot of people have said, okay, I will worship yeah. you Satan so I can have all the kingdoms of the world. And, um, there was a, a, a really, it's, it's gone viral a few months ago. It was the uh, former Dutch banker, uh, Ronald Bernard, yeah. who uh, yeah. came out and basically said, you know, hey, I was, I was in those circles. I was, you know, running around with them. And his breaking point was when they asked him to sacrifice children to be a part of this thing. And um, you can see, you know, if, if, if that interview was fake, then they, they found a really good actor because I know, right? you can see the, like, the raw emotion of like, that it was terrifying for him. Yeah. And, um, he, th I thought it was really interesting that he said after he decided this is not for me, he just started taking jobs and whatnot. And, you know, everyone kind of started turning on him like, Hey, why aren't you, you know, why aren't you doing these terrible things? Or why aren't you, you know, mm -hmm. uh, doing the things that are supposed to, it, it really is a, a leverage system of like, it is holding each other, you know, over the head with a, a blackmail opportunity and using that to sort of maneuver things around. It is, it's pretty amazing to see. It truly is like an octopus, right? It really goes into all segments of society. Um, it is. Yeah. It's, it is weird though, because I remember when like the Jerry Sandusky thing broke and you know, there was outrage, right? There's a, this huge outrage out of the sports community and all this stuff. Um, 
but uh you know i mean there really hasn't been too much other than that initial outrage you know <laughs> and then because you know sports media itself i mean espn and stuff they're all run by the same same corporation you know disney abc and cbs it, it all kind of goes back up that same ladder um so i find it interesting that you know there is this moral outrage that is public but then when things break you know that that for example like a sandusky you know people go nuts but then it kind of goes away you know and and people well, don't continue yeah. to press into that thread like okay how deep does this thing go you know how widespread is it that sort of thing people probably don't want to because it's a you know it's a disturbing topic but um you know i think it's important to to because it is you know it could be your kid right it's it doesn't really affect you until it happens to your kid kind of thing right but that's right. not a really good uh way to go about it well there, there's you know when something like jerry sandusky comes out there's like immediate outrage and then it kind of fades away well that's because it's all censored in the mainstream media yeah you know I, do you know i've been fired now twice for covering, covering sex okay like i i've had editors and chiefs at major publications tell me we are not allowed to cover sex trafficking so people don't know they, they see wow. a jerry sandusky and they think it's an isolated incident. They don't understand he's part of a ring. They don't understand that there, there was tons of people involved. There was tons of people that knew about it. Now his son's in jail for raping kids. You know, it, it, it it's a cyclical thing, unfortunately. Uh, people don't know that because the mainstream, there's a complete blackout in the mainstream media. There was a complete blackout with the pedestrian emails in the mainstream media. There was one local CBS reporter that attempted to cover the pedophile code in the pedestrian emails. He was... Um, all of his media, social media accounts were wiped out. He was put on a leave of absence. Like, who knows what the heck they did to him? Um, the total blackout in the mainstream media about the Podesta emails and the pedophile code. Anyone that did attempt to talk about this got fired. They got threatened. Um, they were put on a leave of absence. Now, if, if someone like myself just talks about how President Trump's talks about sex trafficking, I get in trouble for just saying that. So that's part of the reasons why I had to go independent is because it, there's such a censorship and there's such a blackout with sex trafficking because there are so many powerful people in the media that are part of these pedophile satanic circles and they're shutting they're shutting all the information down because they know that once the public does find out the truth and how high up this goes and how massive and rampant this is that people will be marching in the streets but they're, they're, they can't keep it a secret much longer. You know, there, there's too many worms out of the can. Thank God. And there's too many independent people like us now talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think, uh, what are your thoughts? We've talked about Pizzagate quite a bit, but what are your thoughts on that whole thing? You know, do you think they really, they really were doing something at Comet Ping Pong? Well, I think that anyone with a brain could look at James Alphonsus's Instagram page and see that the guy at the bare minimum is the, a disgusting pervert who fantasizes about raping kids. And that's just the minimum, okay? If you look at his Instagram page, he um, makes sexual references to um, babies, to men having sex with babies. He uses the word chicken lovers which means men that like to have sex with kids. Um, he posts pictures of children being sexualized. He posts a picture of him holding a baby with anal beads around its neck, and he put the hashtag chicken lovers. Uh, that's blatant pedophile talk, okay? Um, he also posted pictures of people, you know, 
like entrenched in blood, pictures of little kids being like um like taped to a table, pictures of kids that look like they've been tortured, pictures of babies with for sale signs. I mean, the guy's a freaking sicko. Okay. So at the bare minimum, we got a guy, okay, who's good friends with David Brock, uh John Podesta and his John Podesta's perv brother, Tony Podesta, and Hillary Clinton, who at the minimum is a pervert and publicly um, fantasizes about having sex with children. That's what he is at the minimum just by looking at his Instagram page, okay? Now, do we know for a fact that they were raping and um, trafficking children in Comet Pizza? No, we don't know that. Uh, but I'm, I'm very suspect of a place that encourages and promotes the rape of children uh comet ping pong has bands perform at their quote-unquote family-friendly pizza restaurant that jokes about raping babies and toddlers um is that normal to you like i, I don't see how anyone could that that's not a pedophile think that's a-okay or be normal yeah, Why is, go ahead I was just going to say, you know, the, the, the families that came out to support them and stuff like that, I was kind of appalled. It was like, well, did you spend 30 seconds and look at this guy's Instagram or anything? Like, you know what I mean? I know. 20, 30 seconds of your time would make you say, eh, you know, maybe not, maybe not go on this little public, uh, you know, display of support for this guy and, and, and this pizza place. I mean, I don't know. It's just the lack of responsibility of, of some of these people is kind of appalling sometimes, but... Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Well, it's just, you know, so here's the thing with Pizzagate. It's frustrating because, you know, the deep state and the mainstream media um, worked really hard to cast anyone that raised any questions about Comet Ping Pong as a conspiracy theorist. And they were, you know, semi-effective in doing that. And I don't even like using the word Pizzagate anymore because I think it's, it's a distraction. It's gotten a bad rap. Um, too many people are brainwashed about it. So I like to use the word pedogate. And I also like to use the word pedogate because it's not, you know, even if they were trafficking children in that pizza place, which wouldn't surprise me in the least. And there, there's definitely dark stuff going on there. There's no question about that. I mean, at the minimum, again, they're promoting child rape in that restaurant. They have bands come in, joke, laugh, and promote child rape in that restaurant. Yeah. That's a yeah, fact. Saw those. Okay, that's not a conspiracy The videos are out there. Um, so there's definitely something dark going on there, but it, you know, the, the Pizzagate, the problem with Pizzagate is that it made it seem like even if they were or, and, or are trafficking children in that pizza parlor, it's not limited to one restaurant or one institution. Pedogate is like a massive, massive business that is rampant in, in DC, in Hollywood, there's rings all over the world. Um, there's many fronts. Uh, there's lots of charities and businesses that, you know, claim to be helping children and fostering kids and doing all this garbage. When in reality, they're just fronts for, for trafficking children. So, you know, I, it was, it's frustrating because the whole Pizzagate circus kind of distracted from the bigger picture and the bigger problem that that is, that is sex trafficking. And, you know, the media did a really good job of um, casting and shaming anyone that raised any questions about this disgusting Instagram page run by James Alphonsus as um, a conspiracy theorist. So that, that was really unfortunate. Uh, but 
but the guy's a sicko. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it all ties back to, you know, this, this dark spirituality. I, I always bring it back to that and, and just a glimpse of that. Um, and we've talked about Alistair Crowley. We've, we've had guests on to talk about him. Um, but I do want to just touch on him real briefly because I feel like his influence is so prevalent in, you know, the whole, I guess, liberal movement or, or whatever, whatever is going on with the, the brainwashed masses, if you will. Um, and they're sort of being pushed to accept things like cannibalism and pedophilia. You have, you know, I, I'm seeing yes. all these articles and stuff out there saying, oh, it's not a disease or a problem or disease. It's a, it's a lifestyle choice and that kind of thing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's no, you can't, you can't uh, take advantage of a child and call it a, a preference. Um, you know, that's not a, that's not appropriate at all. But, uh, uh, sorry, Basil, were you, were you there? I can't, I can't tell. Can you hear me? Yeah. And now we can. Now yeah. We can, yeah. It's kind of messing with some settings. Sorry. I got my oh, own okay. thing coming on, going on over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm following. This is a bad one for Basil. <laughs> this is not, Basil usually steamrolls me and I feel like I have all this time to talk on this one. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, there's, there's the, the one experiment that even Alistair Crowley, okay. Uh, who called himself the beast six, six, six. That's how he identified himself. He couldn't do this last ritual or this one ritual that is the, uh, the ultimate act of magic, according to him, which is the rape ritual, murder and dissection of the body of a young girl and the resulting chunks of flesh being used as an offering as, as a sacrifice to the gods. I would imagine um, that there are within the occult circles and stuff that looked at this and said, oh, Alistair Crowley wasn't, you know, strong enough to do this ritual. So let's let's do it. And people, yeah. you know, get drawn into this sort of thing, the, the whatever the energies and what, you know, that kind of thing. And truly, you know, we I think we get a bad rap. People think, oh, conspiracy theorists or crazy Christian conspiracy theorists, even worse. To say, oh, you know, these these uh, elite people that run the world are Satanists. They they like literally worship Satan. They do things that are satanic. Um, and you can even break it down to say, hey, Satan just means adversary. And realistically, these things that are happening are adversarial to the human race, to the to the you know uh, the well being of the human race, which is why I think it's a it's a spiritual deception. Uh, you know, I think humanity because of the fall. Um, we, we have been affected in a way, uh, to desire the forbidden. And that's part of, I think the taking of the, the fruit, the forbidden fruit of the knowledge of good yeah. and evil. And, and I think that would, that's sort of the beginning, the undergirding thing. And then the sexual corruption, as far as our audience and what we talk about here, um, I see that starting right at Genesis six. And I don't know how much you've looked into that, um, Liz with, with the history there, um, it gets a little wild. It's a little supernatural and a little crazy, yeah. but if you, uh, put it in the context of what they're doing today in, yeah. you know, how they're genetically manipulating people, how their, you know, gender is no longer a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what state was it that has a new, uh, uh, you can be a male or a female or, uh, or an X, I guess, um, <laughs> which is, which is actually kind of funny. Cause my, uh, my daughter just showed me a, a meme today or, a, or I guess it was a, it was either a meme or a, or a photo of something. And the shirt, it was a t-shirt that said, there's more than two genders, but you can only buy it in male form or female. Oh, <laughs> so right. It was that's, kind of ironic, right? Like the shirt right. itself says more than two genders, but you can only buy the shirt in two genders. Uh, anyway, so they're being conditioned for this kind of stuff. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's wild. We live in this crazy wild time. 
but it just seems to have a connection to all of history. And, and that's what drives me crazy in, in getting people to sort of see this bigger picture of like, okay, there's, there's a bigger thing going on here. Uh, it's long, it's a really long thing. Like it's plagued humanity for as long as we've recorded stuff, you know, we've had this issue. And, um, I just think that it's a deep rooted spiritual issue that requires, uh, more than just what we can do here, you know, this side of heaven to, to ultimately solve, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't fight, you know, and be salt and light to prevent uh, the darkness from spreading. So, um, I'm curious though, have you looked into Genesis six and the Nephilim and all that stuff? Because I think your particular mission would have, um, uh, you would gain some interesting insights about, even if you take it only as mythology, mm-hmm. uh, you can get some, gain some insight into why we have this problem of, uh, sexual corruption. Right. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked into it in depth, but I'm definitely aware. And, um, you know, like, I, I thought it was interesting because you brought up, you know, um, Alistair Crowley and, you know, that kind of made me think about um, Saul Linsky. And he dedicated his book, Rules for Radicals, to Lucifer. Now, who was Hillary Clinton's idol and mentor? It was Saul Linsky. Okay. So it's like when people like, you know people want to doubt that this stuff is real, that people, and and it is hard to believe. I mean, like I'm 38 and I've been in a journalist and working in, in weaving in between entertainment and DC for like two decades. And it it took me a really long time to to accept that people really could be Satanists, that people really could sacrifice kids, that people could really rape kids. Like it, it, like, because I mean, that is so like that kind of stuff is, the kind of stuff that is so foreign to someone like myself that has a conscience that's like a normal like good person with a soul so it took me a really long time to accept this stuff but once you really understand that this is real you start realizing wow not only is it real but it's like it's a it's everywhere and they're not like secretive about it it's obvious like they they throw it in your face i mean it's not a coincidence they don't even hide it it's not a coincidence that Hillary Clinton's mentor was Saul Alinsky and Saul Alinsky dedicated his book to Lucifer. That wasn't a joke. That wasn't like a play on words. Like that was, no, he literally was a Satanist. He worshiped the devil. And it's not a coincidence that Hillary Clinton idolized him. And it's not a coincidence that Hillary Clinton has been going to occultist meetings since at least the nineties. Okay. She's a Satanist. She believes in this stuff. So does everyone around her. So does John Podesta. We know for a fact that he goes to spirit cooking dinners, okay? He's a Satanist. We know for a fact that he has pictures of humans eating other humans. He has pictures depicting cannibalism in his office. We know for a fact that him and his brother, their favorite artist, is someone that makes paintings of kids being raped and tortured by monsters. Uh, what? Like, yeah. like. All the signs are there. These people, and they don't even hide it. You know, what's been hidden has been us. Like, our heads have been hidden in the sand. That's what's been hidden. We've been just like, la, 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 like, oblivious to this stuff. And, and we think that, like, because this is something we aren't capable of, it's, it's something that we could never do. We think that other people can't do this. Well, that's BS. 
just because you or I wouldn't do this doesn't mean that there's people out there who aren't evil enough that will do this stuff. And that's what people need to wake up to. They, they need to wake up to the fact that these people do exist and they are doing these things because keeping your head in the sand is not helping anyone and it's not helping the situation and nothing's really going to change until more people wake up. And that's why I'm so dedicated to this movement and to, you know, getting the word out there because I know that, you know, like our good leaders like President and Trump and Attorney General Jeffrey Sessions and now Congressman Scalise, who I believe was shot because of his work involved in sex trafficking, they're not going to be able to take down these evil pedophiles at the top if the public does not support them. We need it. And I'm saying support them as in Trump and the good people trying to take down pedophiles. And so that's why I work so hard to get people to wake up because it's going to be a lot easier for them to take these nasty people down if the public is a awake and is supporting this movement. Right. Now you said you live, Oh, sorry, Basil. <laughs> I feel like I, I hear you breathe, but I can't tell if it's you or not. Me breathing, just breathing it all in. <laughs> um, um, well, I was going to well, oh, go ahead. Wait, that was me. I can't Basil do your thing. Is like throwing me off. Cause I hear myself echo. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Um, you said you lived in uh, in Hollywood, and every time I, I I'm in Orange County, so I'm pretty close. And every time I go down there, I feel this really dark cloud over that area. Oh um, right. You know, I'm sure that there's a lot of ki- a lot of listeners that have children. Knowing what you know about this problem, uh, how should how can we you know just as parents and whatnot, how do we prevent that sort of thing from happening to our own children and the children in our communities? Well, I, you have to be very cautious of. Um, anyone that watches your children, very cautious of preschools, schools, um, sports teams, any activities, any, be cautious of everyone and everybody. You know, I have a close friend that was an SRA victim and she was trafficked through a, a preschool. Okay. And so, you know, like thoroughly check institutions out, thoroughly check teachers out, thoroughly check coaches out, um, make sure that your kids are never alone with adults that you do not trust 150%. And also people need to educate themselves on the signs of sexual abuse because there's a lot of signs, but the problem is a lot of people don't know the signs of abuse. So, you know, kids start acting out and, you know, doing and saying strange things and, you know, doctors and parents just want to throw Ritalin down the kids. And it's like, no, like these kids don't have ADD or ADHD. They're being molested. So people need to learn the signs of abuse and I don't trust anybody. Do not try. I mean, you know, I don't have any kids, but geez, with what I know about what goes on in this world and how rampant it is. I mean, I don't know if I, if I ever have kids, I don't even know if I could ever have anyone watch my kids aside from like maybe my parents, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's seriously, it, it is, so rampant. I don't know. I don't want to put too much fear into people, but I just want people to educate themselves and know the signs, like learn the signs of sexual abuse, you know, and until I became a victim, I didn't know all the signs of sexual abuse. And there's a lot. I mean, most of the, the problems that we have in society today revolve around sexual abuse and that's alcoholism, drug addiction, anorexia, bulimia, um, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia depression and anxiety. 
all those are all symptoms of sexual abuse. And let me tell you, like if we could eradicate sexual abuse from our society, so many problems from our society would be eliminated. I mean, if you go into a rehab center or an AA, I'd say at least 80% of the people there were sexually molested as kids. And that's stuff that I did not, I was not aware of that. I did not know how rampant uh, sexual abuse was until I became a victim myself. And I, I, I mean, it, the numbers are staggering. It's horrifying. But that's why society is so messed up. That's why there's so many people with so many problems. A lot of people are victims. And a lot of people don't know how to cope. A lot of people... Um, they don't even know that they were abused because they black it out. That's why, you know, you have the MPD, the multiple um, personality disorder. Um, that's how they cope with the abuse. I mean, it's just, it's bad. But, you know, again, if we can start learning the signs of sexual abuse, really start going after these pedophiles, getting the bad people out of office, getting them out of law enforcement, getting them in jail and keep throwing the good people in there. Um, and really have them go after these pedophiles and, and then educate people about the signs of sexual abuse and the signs of human trafficking, then the world would be such a better place. I mean, it would be incredible. It would be like a 180 shift, degree shift. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you really, I feel like you, you sort of nailed it down in terms of some of the things I was saying with the, with kind of the sexual corruption being a core thing in uh in just having a grip on society in so many ways and i think there's also you know with with what you're doing and i think with a lot of um good people in law enforcement and things like that i think they're uh, they're they're coming at it from sort of the the boots on the ground kind of thing you know where mm -hmm. they're literally trying to to find the folks and and get them arrested and, and, you know, protect the children, get them help. Um, but I also think that there is a spiritual thing where I, th I think if more people prayed together, more people, and that also is part of raising awareness, right? Um, you know, there, we have a friend, Russ Dizdar, he's very much into spiritual warfare and he's mm -hmm. had, he shared with us experiences where, you know, he, he, he was hired by, you know, police officers and stuff like that to deal with satanic ritual abuse cases, Mm -hmm. really bad satanic murders just just because he understands it and he you know he can help the police to uh navigate through what you know clues might have been left or whatever <laughs> he, he's done that kind of stuff and and he has said that there are um situations where you know he would just have a thought he, he wouldn't even speak it out and people that were uh you know I guess, possessed or, you know, oppressed, maybe uh, they would turn and say something to him, you know, stop praying or, you know, you need to stop doing that or whatever it is. And, and situations and stories where it was kind of like, okay, there's more to this than just the acts. Once you get into the, the spiritual underpinning of everything going on, you know, Ephesians six twelve, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities, these powers. And, th and again, I go back to this idea of age of deceit. We, we are being deceived to do these things by something else. It's not just, you know, yes, it's part of it. Part of it is the human, you know, corruption of the human soul in terms of the fall. But then there's this other side of it where the, there are nefarious entities who are really pressuring us right daily to, to do things that were, were are detrimental to our well being, And that's, I think that's a part of it that ministries that help people that are, you know, 
that have gone through SRA and things like that, they're aware of that spiritual side of it. Um, but, um, I mean, have you looked into that side of things? I know it's a little bit off the, the journalism track and I know it gets a little woo woo sometimes for journalists. Um, but have you found anything that seems to, uh, both in the negative and positive sort of way, some kind of, um, more supernatural cases or something where people were found or people were helped in, in this regard? Well, it's funny that you bring this up because I'm a firm believer in prayer and I pray constantly that, um, our leaders are able to take down these pedophiles and save the children. I pray about it every single day. Um, I have a close relationship with God and I do believe in the power of prayer. And it's funny that you bring this up because today I went to a place in LA where I believe they're trafficking children and I drove to this place and said repeatedly this prayer I wrote to take down elite pedophiles and to save the children. And literally like right when I left, I looked on my phone and the first thing that popped up on my newsfeed was that John Podesta was, is going to have to testify next week in a Senate committee hearing. And I was like, thank God. I mean, cause he's, he's the one that I've been focusing on a lot when I pray is getting this guy taken down as soon as possible. Um, so I don't think that was a coincidence that, you know, I, I, and I went to a place that's a really dark place that, um, I, I believe bad things are happening and, and prayed there today. And, and right after I walked away, the first thing I found out was that, uh, Mr. Podesta doesn't have, isn't going to be having a good week next week. So I encourage people. I mean, the least everyone can do is pray. I encourage people to pray and I encourage people to tweet about this and to talk about this on social media and tell your neighbors and just spread awareness. Because like I said, you know, when these big fish start going down, it's going to be a lot easier for our good leaders to do their jobs if the public is awake and aware and supporting them and praying for them. Yeah. And, and it's, I think it's responsibility of ours to, uh, guide those people, especially, you know, if they're hearing it for the first time or if they're, you know, if, if they open the can of worms of uh, the reality of what's going on for for the first time, which we saw a lot of, you know, it was really interesting as, you know, content creators and podcasters and stuff uh, talking about some of these issues for a long time, the satanic elite and everything else. Um, and just all these things come out in the last, you know, last year, I guess, six months to a year. Um and, you know, it's weird because there's a validation part for us. It's like, we've been telling you guys this for years and, and not just us. I mean, yeah. many people have come before us to say the same thing. Um, but uh, now it's just so out in the open. It's kind of like, wow, that's amazing. And then, you, you know, with what you're saying and, and what we're all hoping for with a, a, a even larger crackdown, uh, it's going to become even more apparent. Um, and I have a feeling, though, that it's ultimately, and I don't mean this in the... Uh, sense of um detrimental thing but i i really think it's gonna split people split humanity down the middle in, in a sense of people who are I, I guess you know maintain a sort of moral uh standard you know um that recognizes that there is something transcendent uh that provides a moral value a moral compass if you will and mm -hmm. those that sort of completely eliminate that that whole thing, any kind of morals and go with the whole do as thou wilt, uh, you know, do whatever you want. And I really think we're going to see almost, 
literally an emergence of maybe even a separate race. You know, I mean, I'm going down some crazy rabbit trails, but um, I really think that there's going to be some some interesting things to happen here because prophetically speaking in the Bible, it actually talks about uh, in the end times, you know, the the people openly worship the beast and they openly worship the dragon who is Satan. And, you know, I, I, early on when I was saved, I read that and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if the, there's going to be a group of people uh, in the end days or whatever who are going to be like openly worshiping Satan. But it's starting <laughs> to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my it's gosh, it's actually it. happening. It, it's it's happening. crazy. It's it's happening. I mean, like, like, look at what the news today, like, you know, Johnny Depp, who I used to have a lot of respect for. I've met Johnny Depp. I've hung out with him. I actually really liked him. I thought he was a really good person. Um, but he's turned the dark side and, and, you know, he came out today or maybe it was, I think he was in Europe. So maybe it was by now yesterday and is, is encouraging someone to assassinate president Trump. Um, you know, and I, and I just, I couldn't believe that he said this and I was so disgusted by it. And I tweeted about it. And a lot of my followers started sending me stories about, you know, how he's involved in Satanism. And I'm like, well, that explains a lot. And what we're seeing now is that a lot of these people that are Satanists in Hollywood, they are imploding. They are being revealed. The cloaks that have been shielding them and covering them are being removed. And their truth is being exposed. You know, look at the Kathy Griffins. Look at Johnny Depp. Um, gosh, the rock, uh, the rock, I like, I, I somehow no, not it. the rock. I know the rock did a Saturday night life skit promoting a robot that rapes children. Like, oh gosh, he's, I, didn't I mean, that. yeah, I, I just caught it recently, but it was, a, apparently it was the season finale, which was like, I don't know, a few months ago. I don't watch Saturday night live anymore. It's such garbage and now I'll never watch it again. Uh, I don't see how anyone can think that a robot that rapes children or anything that rapes a child is freaking funny. Like, you know, but what's happening is that these people that were cloaked before, these people that had their the mask on, the mask is coming off and everything that's been kept in darkness is coming to light and all is being revealed. And, and it and it's getting very obvious who the, the bad people are, who the Satanists are. It's it's getting it is biblical prophecy playing out right before our very eyes. And these people, not only can they not hide it anymore, they're not even trying to hide it. And a lot of these people are unraveling. I mean, like the Johnny Depp video that just came out today, he sounds like a mess. I mean, he's calling President Trump a mess, but as he's talking, he sounds like a mess. Sounds like he's high. He's probably drunk. I mean, the guy's had drug and alcohol issues for you know, years, decades. So, um, these people that are on the dark side and that worship Lucifer, um, it's going to be, it's becoming very clear who they are. And, uh, just like you said, I mean, this is Bible prophecy, like playing out right before our very eyes. Like they're not hiding anymore. I mean, Kathy Griffin, are you kidding me? Like holding up like a decapitated, like head that looks like Donald Trump. I mean, that's what ISIS does. Like, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just weird how. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of it. It's like, okay, are you are you really that desperate for attention, or is this something that you're just? You th- I don't know. It, I don't know. This whole thing is just, uh, uh, the, especially the celebrity end of it. It's you know, like you say, they're unraveling, and and I really think that um, 
some of the, uh, you know, some of the things that, that people in our community have been doing for a long time, you know, with, uh, the tired title of Illuminati exposed, right? Every, every video is Illuminati exposed, but it's like, yeah, but we've been making this point and now it's really starting to, I, I mean, we were showing the points before and it was obvious then it's now just, you know, it's so obvious now. And I just, it startles me that people still blindly support a lot of, a lot of these celebrities and things that have come out and yeah. have said that they worship Lucifer or have said they've sold their soul or, you know, they, they've gone on record to say a lot of these, these yeah, things they, and they continue to support them. Uh, just, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me, but Basil, are you, are you, are you, I, I, I have a sense that you're, um, you fixed something over there or maybe not. <laughs> maybe it got worse. Are you muted? Sounds like oh. he's me. This is, this is, this is a uh, highly unusual for Basil. Usually Basil can uh, figure out how to yeah. make things work. Hello. Hello. Yo. Oh, okay. That's a lot better. Is it? Yes. Okay. Hey. Wonderful. There she is. Hey. All right. So she has to go. So we're we're just going to wrap it up here. That's okay. I'll be here for the wrap up. Nobody's getting any echo. Could you hear us or like what? Like were you completely cut off or? No, I updated to the newest Skype and it basically, first of all, will cut me for the first maybe 10 seconds of me trying to talk. Um, So on the recording, it's just me talking over people for 10 seconds. And then... (laughs) It's just people going, oh, 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 hi, hi. And then, and yeah. then there's a bunch of weird echo stuff and, and then, and then I give up and I keep talking. Yeah. And it's, it's, so annoying. it's just very strange. And so I had to go back. I found an old version of Skype that I installed and, uh, so seems to have fixed the problem. Well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been, uh, obviously a little bit of technical problems but we've been so happy to have you here and thank you for sharing and also thank you for doing doing the work the hard work of the independent reporter if it wasn't for people like you we'd all still be sitting down to watch some cbs (laughs) well thanks for having me on and thanks for spreading the word as well you gotta support each other Absolutely. And so do you have a website or a Facebook or, or how can people get a hold of you and check out your work? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Liz Crokin, L-I-Z-C-R-O-K-I-N. I'm on Facebook as well, Liz Crokin. And um, I'm launching LizCrokin.com like any day now. It's I've been working on it for a while. And, but my most recent stories have been on the Hagner report website. I've had my last story was on sex trafficking and Congressman Scalise's shooting. And there's some other sex trafficking stories on there and Seth Rich stories as well. So that's kind of my focus right now is sex trafficking and the Seth Rich murder, but obviously I can cover many other topics, but that's excellent. Right now, and with John Podesta, you know, speaking before the Senate committee hearing next week, um, you'll be hearing a lot more from me <laughs> about these topics. Excellent. Well, everybody, make sure to go follow her on all those social media uh, and uh, check out that website soon. Liz Croken, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that a lot. Very, very interesting, very interesting lady. I mean, this might be the one of the first time. Oh, we've had some 
legit reporters on the show before, but certainly not too many. She is in a a small percentage of people that we have interviewed on this show who have actually spent time in the mainstream media, have a clear and present uh, vision of what it looks like and why it's so important for us uh, independent people to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, and we got to stick together because, uh, you know, someone like Liz, she's been marginalized by the industry kind of thing. Once you're inside these organizations and you see the inside baseball, a lot of times, uh, you know, it's, it's it, it does take the shine off. I always liked looking behind the scenes with stuff, but I think some of the stuff Liz has seen is quite disturbing. Something else. So one last time, guys, if you are not subscribed to Gonz's YouTube channel, Face Like the Sun, you need to go do it. Gonz, you've been uh, you've been hard at work on that thing still. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And you know what? And, I'm working on Age of Deceit 3 right now. So it's oh, I haven't been publishing whoa. as many videos um, because I'm trying to put that thing together and it's it's a lot of stuff and and you know you know how it goes. There's there's pressures, Basil. I <laughs> don't I know it, buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, go check it out. Age of Deceit 3. That's like a that's an exclusive drop. I didn't even know about that until now. Yeah, I've mentioned it a couple times, but you know what? It, this one might be different in that I don't think it's going to be like a three-hour film. I think I might try to stick to like segments and just release. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. We'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds fantastic. Um, also, you can check out my uh, kind of new podcast, The Joy Spiracy Theory. If uh, oh, you know, Joy Spiracy Theory is veteran now. <laughs> what are you on episode a- episode fifteen or something? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I consider it, I I like to think, and a lot of listeners of the Joy Spiracy Theory have told me this, it's a great podcast to listen to after listening to like a Canary Cry episode or maybe one of the other great uh, uh, podcasts in the genre. Um, Just lightens it up a little bit and uh, it it gets you a little grounded, but it's good stuff, so go check it out. Yeah, It's like like watching a cartoon after you watch a horror movie so you can go to sleep (laughs) at night, right? Basil's... but a cartoon with deep and lasting impact on your spiritual life. <laughs> like SpongeBob SquarePants. Perfect. <laughs> the wisdom on that show is is amazing. It's true. They and hey, maybe you can even a be a guest on the show. Under That's the kind of the new thing I'm doing. SpongeBob uh, SquarePants. Oh my gosh. You still talking about SpongeBob over there? Dude, you brought him up, man. Do you people see what I deal with? I mentioned SpongeBob SquarePants once, and suddenly we're doing a SpongeBob SquarePants fan cast. So you can catch our SpongeBob SquarePants fan cast uh, <laughs> called Canary Cry SpongeBob. Uh, check it out on iTunes. Sponge Basil. Sponge, <laughs> Sponge Basil Square Guns. Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> weird. That's weird. Okay, moving on. All right. Well, is there anything? Oh, I was just going to say that if you have not liked our Facebook page yet, you got to go to facebook.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Go like the Facebook, join the community, start conversations with other people. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Also, please leave a rating and a review for Canary Cry Radio. A lot of people here, a lot of people have done it, which is fantastic. But a lot of you, I know you're, I, I see the numbers. I know a lot of you have not left a rating and a review, and maybe you usually just turn off the episode before I even talk about it. I'll give you that. I'll buy into that. But (laughs) 
Now is your chance. Now is your chance to leave a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast catcher you use and leave a rating and a review for Canary Cry Radio. It really helps the algorithms share this show with everyone. It uh, People just like you who maybe not, have not found the show and uh, it's it's great. Let's get the truth out there. Have you seen our latest uh, our latest comment? We we got no. A, do we? We have a one star. Ones? Ooh. KDH nineteen eighty nine says the Earth is not flat, and we do not live in a giant snow globe. That was his comment. Oh, that's a good. That's. I mean, I I can't argue with that. <laughs> you know. I mean, <laughs> that is a disputed conversation here on the show, and uh, apparently this person only listen to one episode. Uh, that being said, we we appreciate all honest comments and ratings. I think that might be our second one star in all five years of doing that's the show. Right. So, that is our second one star. So that's okay. We got to Now, please don't go rate us one star just to be funny and get your comment read on the show because that will not help us. But... <laughs> But if you uh, honestly enjoy the show, please let everybody know. And more than more than anything, word of mouth, telling your friends, we are in a time of awakening. People are waking up to the things that are going on in this world, and more than ever are going to be uh, are going are going to be into it. Going to be asking uh, questions, asking questions, open to hearing answers, and more than anything, just hearing honest discussions about these types of topics so please do that yeah and also right. uh canary cry news talk every monday we're still pumping those out and um, yes yes absolutely go check out that show if you have not yet and you're thinking like oh that is just some secondary show i don't need to listen to it honestly we do canary cry news talk every single week almost without fail uh so that you should definitely go check that out well, we're looking say, at if i do it solo sometimes it's a fail <laughs> we're doing uh we're, we're checking out news stories that you may have heard of and a lot you may not and how that affects our lives so go check that out Basil, canary the cry uh, news. canarycrynewstalk.com you know the mech wars are coming right the mech battle oh yes you want to hear all about ro the robot wars of not just the future they are the wars of today uh go check that out and it's not what you think you're gonna love it um, okay. Anything else I'm forgetting? I think that is it for now. Besides telling everybody how much I love them and miss them. You can do that on every episode. I'm sure. Okay. People would love I'm it. going to do that. I love you. And I miss you all. Um, please hit us up on Facebook. You can also just find me and guns separately on Facebook. Should Basil we, Rosewater. Should we move away from Facebook? I feel like Facebook is, is, uh, I don't know. I'm just over yep. it. I'm over Facebook. It is. I, I don't really, know. I really don't like using it. All right. Well, if anybody has, we just need to bring MySpace back apparently. But if anybody has any <laughs> better recommendations for social media we should be on, um, we are totally open to that because Facebook is killing our souls. We should just be the, the retro internet guys, you know, and just go back to those like, what are those geo sites or whatever, where we have like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, nap, uh, uh, net, Netscape. Netscape yeah. browser. We'll have a, a Netscape forum. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll have like, um, you know, what else? What else was uh, early internet stuff? Um, some AIM. We'll have some American online uh, instant messenger. Mess yeah, we'll just have a big group message G with all the Canarians. <laughs> message. 
Um, and you have to dial in 56K. All right. Got it. Yeah, we got it. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until you do, think outside the cage. Mm-hmm.